While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrell. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. What a day it's been here um, at WBSM and and elsewhere at the Bristol County Sheriff's Office, for example. We've got a good show planned for you ahead. Chris will be back later in the week. We have uh, State Rep Chris Markey. He's going to join us at probably sometime in the 9 o'clock hour. Um, he is currently at uh, a meeting at UMass Dartmouth, a public hearing on the uh, ongoing septic issue, uh, the Title V regulations that have been um, proposed by the DEP. Uh, Senator Montigny filed some legislation that we'll talk about later um, to sort of combat that, combat that issue. And uh, I got it from his uh, office earlier today, and I'm going to, uh, I will uh, explain more about that later in the show. 508 996 so you can join me. We'll also take your uh, messages on the WBSM app chat. Uh, supposed to have a guest at 8 o'clock. I didn't get confirmation, but I'm hoping to get a guest at 8 o'clock. If not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue the dialogue that we have here. So 508-996-0500 is how you can end the program. We're also taking your messages on the WBSM app. All right, so last night, as you may know, Bristol County Sheriff, new Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro had announced that he has a plan to close the Ash Street Jail. Now, the way this came up was fairly casual, uh, casually considering the gravity of the news today. Just a little behind the scenes inside baseball. I'd had some guests planned, uh, guests planned last night. And then uh, I saw that uh, Sheriff Rowe had had his old boss, the uh, the head of the Philadelphia County Jails, when Haro was a corrections administrator. I'd had him there. And I said, uh, well, do you want to come on? You know, there's the suicide issue uh, that he he came on to talk about uh, after uh, an inmate had alleged was alleged to have committed suicide, and so I was like, if you can give us some updates on that, what you guys are doing in terms of strengthening your suicide prevention, we can talk about some other things. Uh, I so I'd asked um, John Darling, who's the the PIO, uh, the Public Information Officer, to set this up, and a lot of credit to him for um, very uh, nimbly and completely. Um, 
responding to some of the media inquir- a lot of the media inquiries he was getting after the news had broke last night here on South Coast Tonight. You know, you heard Tim and, and Barry and, and Phil talking about it today. Um, so set up the interview at 9 o'clock. Hero calls in. We're talking about all that stuff. Uh, you know, Hero texted me about some other stuff that he wanted to talk about. And so I said, sure, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's do it. And so we're talking about a lot of that stuff. And then I get on the – I ask him about Astreet because a couple reasons. One, you know, he had, it was, you know, he had said that he was surprised about the conditions at Astry. He wanted to bring the media uh, for a tour of Astry at some point. And I've been talking to, uh, we'll send out the New Bedford Light about, you know, how cool that would be to, to tour it. And so I was like, oh, I got to ask him. So then I asked him about Astry and he says, oh, actually, I developed a plan to close Astry. I'm like, wait. <laughs> what <laughs> hold on <laughs> so i go to you know obviously I, I tweet that out and it it gets a lot a ton of traction because Astry is a very controversial place it was built in 1988 it is the oldest operating jail in new bedford on ash street right right in the uh right off union ash the, uh, ash street that whole neighborhood the um n- near buttonwood park is the oldest operating jail in the country. It could be one of those things where, like, you know, New Bedford has the oldest operating elevator in the country at the City Hall, but also there's, like, I think an elevator in San Francisco that lays claim to that. could be one of those things where they say they have the, someone else says they have the oldest jail. But as far as I know, it was built in 1888. It is, and the previous facility there, the New Bedford jail, was built in 1828, which I believe John Quincy Adams was president at the time. <laughs> And uh, and so they built that new structure in 1888. And so people for literally decades, it's not an exaggeration to say decades, have been calling for the closure of Ash Street Jail, including Sheriff Tom Hodgson, Hero's predecessor, Sheriff Tom Hodgson, his predecessor, Sheriff David Nelson, who had stepped down in 1997, had said he wanted to close the Ash Street Jail. There were documents there are SJC documents or district court documents that go back to uh, rulings that go back to the 80s that call that place a uh, called it a menace one judge called it a menace like in the early 80s said it wasn't fit for inmate habitation so this has been going on for quite a long time this um discussion around closure in Ash Street so Sheriff Faro had previously during his campaign and during like during the primary, during the general, and even during the transition, had been non-committal about closing Ash Street. And in fact, I would say, had given himself the rhetorical leeway to leave it open, saying he's his concern is for the the logistical issues it'll create for two reasons. One, he's worried that the ninety-six to a hundred inmates at Ash Street would overcrowd the Dartmouth House of Correction, which is the main facility, the main campus for Bristol County House of Correction is on Dartmouth and Fonce Connor Road. You probably know where it is. And that there are individuals at Ash Street that have to be housed 
a lot of them, for one reason or another, in single cells. This could be because of certain predispositions this inmate may have, uh, gang relations, things like that. They have to be in individual cells, single cells, just for them. And Astrid offers that, and Dartmouth House of Correction does not. And so he was saying it would be a logistical problem. He never said he wouldn't close it, but he seemed to be leaning towards leaving it open, at least for the time, for the time being. But he said he had a conversation with Sheriff Hodgson during the transition, which Hodgson said, I heard a rumor that you were going to close Ash Street and move people to the ICE detention facility in Dartmouth. Now, the ICE detention facility hasn't been operational in about a year and a half. Because you'll remember there was the May 1st, 2020 riot uh, where there was a conflict between inmate, uh, the officers at, at the at the um, at the ICE detention facility and the detainees. Now, the people that were uh, that are being detained at the ICE facility, they're awaiting process from ICE, whether it be immigration hearings, deportations, etc. So it resulted in the Moore Healy, Governor Moore Healy, um, implementing, uh, uh, I mean, uh, conducting, uh, I mean, she was Attorney General Moore Healy at the time, conducting an investigation of Ash Street. There was a 60 page report. I remember I read it. I'd gone over it in detail when I had my Saturday show, um, and it had alleged that there were excessive force used, there was civil rights violations and it was based on their observance of the surveillance video now sheriff hodgson had always maintained that that was baseless more or less calling her a liar actually i remember when i you know because there was a whole dispute on whether or not she w- w- interviewed him or not or she wanted to interview him she said she tried to but he didn't reach he didn't uh, respond and he i remember him telling me that's a lie uh, i you know i was always available to interview her so hodgson still disputes the findings of that report and uh we have still not seen the video of that um more healy's office says they can't release it and sheriff hodgson's office i don't know if sheriff Farrell will have a different position on this i didn't haven't got a chance to ask him throughout all this um, hoopla, but um, he's he said he can't because there's currently a hold by the Department of Homeland Security because it's still, I guess, technically an open investigation. But the Department of Homeland Security under President Biden had canceled Hodgson's ICE contract. The 287G uh, is what it's more colloquially, colloquially, colloquially. Uh, called, even though that might not have been like a strict 287G agreement, but 287G agreements are basically contracts that ICE has with local county sheriff's departments to detain uh, ICE det- uh, to detain people who are awaiting process from ICE. So, again, people are waiting for immigration hearings or deportations, things like that. And I think carry out some other ancillary functions of ICE. That contract was canceled. That facility has been shut down. Um, Hero, I mean, uh, Hodgson had always maintained, and I think, you know, obviously if we got a president, Ronda, you know, if Hodgson won, won re-election, we got a president, Ron DeSantis, or a president, Donald Trump again, or a Republican president, he'd probably 
I'm not a mind reader and I'm not a fortune teller, but if I had to guess, would probably be looking to open that contract up with ICE again. Haro had always been pretty non-committal on whether or not he'd take a contract with ICE too, but he has always maintained that, you know, the work of the sheriff, his position is the work of the sheriff is to run the county jails and that he's not going to add any more responsibilities to that because he thinks that's enough and he thinks that the federal government by and large should do their own work in terms of immigration enforcement, though he said he would com- he would comply with federal agencies whenever, you know, they, they had asked him to in terms of assisting investigations or things like that because it's his duty as a sheriff. So Haro says he's got a plan. And his plan, which would ameliorate or would address, rather, the the, um, the concerns that inmates need a single cell, his plan would be to use the ICE detention facility that is currently empty to build out what he estimates would be 120 cells, single individual cells for inmates. Doing so would address the crowding concern removing Ash Street. Doing so would also address the concern that the inmates, a lot of inmates at Ash Street, need an individual cell. So he wants to do it. What he needs is funding. So he announces this. It's a it's a big it's a it's a huge story, right? Ash Street wasn't talked. The closure of Ash Street wasn't talked about a ton during the election, not as much as you probably thought it would be. Again, Haro, even during the Democratic primary, had said he didn't want to close Ash Street, even though his Democratic opponents had talked basically about closing Ash Street and had been more committed to it than he was. But Haro said there was a logistical component that he couldn't account for yet. So... It wasn't talked about a ton. There was the suicide that happened at Ash Street with Adam Howe. Adam Howe was a Truro resident, uh, so he was under the Barnstable County House of Correction purview, but Ash Street served as a regional lockup for people in Barnstable County and other surrounding counties. And so he was held there. He asphyxiated. He died. Um, he you know, committed suicide. And then there was another suicide attempt at Ash Street, someone being held that same day. We had learned from a report from Ben Burke at public radio, uh, the public's radio. So it came up sort of during the campaign in like an ancillary conversation about inmate suicides. But the function of Ash Street never came up. And Hodgson had always maintained that uh, Ash Street was, um, you know, was not only suitable for inmate, uh, you know, uh, inmate housing and habitation, but that it also was... Um, uh, it would also save the taxpayers money to maintain that building rather than add on to a new facility and all of that. So there's Haro's, I think, came to this solution. There was some talk about, oh, it's a gesture to the people that supported his campaign. I don't think so. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the way he operates. I think his primary focuses were, and I do have actually a a sheet. John Darling handed out a sheet. 
to us in the media that basically says closing Ash Street will be um, would be beneficial for a couple reasons. But one of the things Hero brought up is one, this would save money because when you move those inmates to Ash Street. From Ash Street to Dartmouth, you know, if you build this out, the $10 million. He estimates it'll be a $10 million build out. Now, that's a rough estimate. His, you know, he said it's from his experience as serving as mayor of Attleboro on, and I, I got an article on, on uh, WBSM.com you can check out with, there's two articles. There's one about him breaking the story, and there's another one where you can see a couple pictures I took uh, of Ash Street because um, uh Hero's office and, and his spokesperson, John Darling, had uh, allowed the members of the media to tour the facility um, briefly. And it was cool, uh, honestly. Like the, the structure of it was, it was cool because it was, you know, it's, it is, it is an old style jail. It is the oldest operating jail in the country. So the doors open up with a crank and all of that. And, uh, you know, there's a picture of an individual cell that you can see. And there's a picture of the waiting uh, of the uh, visitor lobby. Um, but he says it'll save the taxpayers money because it'll save the taxpayers money because one, the utility bills, like the operational costs, will be um, the operational costs uh, of it will be significantly lower. Obviously, Ash Street's uh, a, a an old, old building. So the utility cost and maintaining, uh, you know, heat and electric and all of that would be higher in an older building than it would be in a newer facility, such as the ice detention center, which was built in 2006, right? A 15 year old building or 17 year old building versus a 135 year old building. Uh, that would save the, that would save, you know, that would, that would produce taxpayer benefits, just the operational cost of it in general. Um, they also, it also says here on this informational seat, seat that, uh, sheet that the project presents several opportunities to trim operational costs. And they, t- uh, a quick example they give is that meals that are cooked in Dartmouth and driven over to Ash Street three times, or three, three times a day, 365 days a year. That's roughly, 1,200 miles of travel and 438 hours of labor. So you said there'd be savings there. Um, it also for the, it also has an inmate benefit component where they said it increases programming and substance abuse treatment. By bringing them to our main hub in Dartmouth, which houses our educational, vocational training, and treatment operations. And two, Modern Bright Facility helps change the culture of helplessness that inmates can feel, boosting mental health and opportunities for successful reentry into society. So, so centralize it, and then the, the third is the Sheriff's Office benefits, which is basically what he said was centralizing everything in Dartmouth. Because right now, everything else is in Dartmouth and Ash Street is over on Ash Street. But if they moved everything to Dartmouth, everything would be in one location. So it says centralizing our entire operation from two sites to one will help streamline medical security and support services. Having all our staff in one site can help reduce overtime and officer shortages. Should an emergency arise, 
being our, on our own main campus cuts down a response time for special operations unit. So they lay, I think this lays, they lay out pretty clearly and concisely the benefits of relocating Ash Street. Now, what he's asking for is $10 million from the state legislature. So that would need funding from, you know, Beacon Hill, uh, the, the, the lawmakers, and of course, Maura Healy to sign off on it, Governor Maura Healy. I reached out to Healy's office about this. I haven't heard comment uh, on it yet. Imagine I will sometime in the future. Um, so just having worked with some of the people there, I, pre- they're pretty responsive. So I imagine I will sometime in the future. So um, his $10 million was a rough estimate, and it was basically just based on his experience as mayor of Attleboro overseeing the capital um, capital improvement plants that he's overseen in, in uh, municipalities as mayor, and he also had previously served as a state rep. So his time on the bonding committee, he was on the bonding committee, in, in which approves a lot of capital projects uh, through the legislature. And so based on his, he said based on his experience there, it's a rough estimate. Obviously, that dollar figure could go higher, probably won't go lower. And that's just based on a rough estimate of being alive and seeing how these things play out, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, th- uh, that's basically the figure he had come up with. He's also said the timeline on it is going to be pretty long. So it's going to be probably about, he said, he, he thinks it'd be three years before it gets like even, you know, even shovels hit the ground, right? He thinks it's going to be three years before shovels hit the ground. And he says probably five years before it's completed. So it'd be like towards the end of his term. If he's deciding to run for reelection, that facility might be up and running just in, <laughs> just in time. Uh, but he said about five years he thinks it would take to complete it. So there are some concerns uh, initially from the chiefs of police who have reached out to him. There are concerns from the chiefs of police uh, locally who want to maintain the regional lockup. What he said is he fully intends to maintain the regional lockup uh, portion of Ash Street and like letting local police departments that may not have um good lockup services at their police stations to hold them at this new facility. He also said that capacity to hold people for lockup for law enforcement purposes currently does exist in the main Dartmouth House of Correction as well. So he, you know, he says he wants to do it right, wants to do it slowly and thoughtfully. I think pretty consistent with his general message as uh, pretty consistent with his general message as sheriff when he started his term is that he wants to make change, but it's going to be incremental and gradual, right? There's obviously a lot of stuff going on. I don't necessarily think this is one of the things that was at the top of his list in terms of priority. But one of the things is I think that, Honestly, and I know he knows the importance of Ash Street Jail and in, in, in the conversation and all that. He's, uh, you know, he's familiar with it. But I think culturally down here, he's from the northern part of the county in Attleboro. I think culturally down here, 
Astreet seems to mean a lot more to people one way or the other. And some of that has to do with the fact that it is very much like ubiquitous in a lot of people's day-to-day lives. People driving that live in that neighborhood that drive up Union Street to go to, you know, to go to 140 to get on the highway, they drive by Ash Street, right? If you're driving to downtown, you probably might be driving by Ash Street, right? Doing a run around the Buttonwood Park neighborhoods, you're going to see Ash Street. And it's sort of been an epicenter of kind of a cultural uh, a culture war. I, I would say the sheriff's race was was a microcosm of a of a culture war as well down here. And so I don't know if he, you know, he I know he understands the importance of 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 Ash Street and maintaining, you know, uh, enough spacing in in the in the in the facilities and all that. But I don't know if he understood the cultural importance of what he had announced was, um, because obviously the next day. I'm sure you got a ton of other media inquiries after that. You know, I, I got to market as soon as I could for my for my piece on, and you can check that out on WBSM.com. But then, you know, I put up another piece today uh, about the tour on Ash Street. And uh, it was quite a day. I mean, again, I got to thank John Darling, the public information officer there, for, for pretty, you know, nimbly adapting to um, sort of, Probably what was a uh, an influx of media inquiries surrounding Astrid. I think every member of the local media that you could think of was at the at the um, at the Dartmouth facility, and then most of them went to the, if not all of them, went to the uh, the Astrid facility as well. It was it was it was a cool place in terms of the optics and looking at it. In terms of living there, can't speak to that. Uh, but five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Also, take your t- uh, messages on WBSM app chat. I got to take this quick break, and I'll be back. This is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. BSM. Classic Akon. I think it's like 2004. I think the first time I heard that song was at the Wharf Dances in Mattapoisett when I was like 14. Anybody remember the Wharf Dances in Mattapoisett? Let me know if you do. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Um, So, hey, Marcus. uh, This is from Jen in New Bedford. Hey, Marcus, after touring the facility today, do you think that Ash Street Facility should be closed? I'd like to hear your firsthand experience while experiencing it firsthand. Okay, so... Here's, I so you walk in to the visitor center, and it's all basically this one kind of big room, big rectangular room. It's open, and you can see the picture on WBSM.com. Uh, there's more pictures. I'm going to do another tour uh, of the facility. We'll get more complete um, profiling of it, but... It's all bars that go all the way up to the ceiling. You've seen, if you've driven by Ash Street, you've seen how tall that main building is. <clears throat> they go all the way up to the ceiling, all the bars. And there's stairs that you can see. That's where uh, a lot of the inmates and correctional officers, they make their way through, um, you know, the hallways and stuff. Like when we were there, they were, there was, they were about to do rec time. So a lot of them were walking down um, through the, you know, th- down through the stairs and all of that. Um, the one thing I will say off the bat, just as an attorney, is you go in and the visitor's room is right there. 
right? And there's an office there with with two correctional officers, and there's this like you got a phone. There's no desk. There's a bench. You have a phone, and there's like screen doors. Uh, there's like screens, not screen doors, but screens, and that's where like where you. It's pretty. It's pretty opaque. Like you can't. It doesn't seem like you can see well through the screens. But there's numbered phones there. You can see the numbered phones in the picture. There's numbered phones there, and you you know want so your your clients or someone you're visiting sits there sits on the other side of that screen, and you pick up the phone. You call. Uh, you talk to them there. As an attorney, I would have concerns about that, just from the matter of the confidentiality standpoint. I, for example, I've had clients in the Dartmouth House of Correction, and you get your own room, right? You get a little tiny room. Um, you get a little tiny room, but you get your own room. You get a table. You bring a notebook. You have a pen. You can write stuff, right? You can have a conversation with your client, and there's no concern about anything that may violate privilege, anything that might be overheard that would be detrimental to your client, by the way. I see your calls on the line. We'll take them at uh, 508-996-0500 in a minute. Anything that would be detrimental to your client, um, any of that stuff. I don't see a lot of that. So when I, uh, I don't see, I don't see a lot of that being covered when you're out in the open and, you know, just talking on the phone, you can't really, it doesn't look like there's any space. I don't, I didn't see any, any space where you can put a notebook down, start writing stuff. You'd have to do it in your lap. I don't think it's a great environment for attorneys to meet their clients who are being held at Astry off the bat. In terms of the cells, they're single cells. Um, you can see a picture of them uh, outlined. They're single cells. They're pretty small. Um, I know a lot of individuals who have been held at both places who have said they prefer the single cells. Uh, it's not particularly modern. But in terms of, I think it's, here's my thing. I think it's difficult to argue that, you know, it is the optimal place for both inmate and correction officer safety. You know, they talked about how everything's, you know, handled with a crank and, you know, that's how you open all the doors. There's, you know, no buttons that you can open certain doors. You can't open other doors. So it's a little, I think it's, I still, you know, after looking at it, it's cool, but I still think a more modern setting would not only be good for the inmates who, you know, aren't in this, I think, fairly dreary Shawshank Redemption style facility, but also I think is suboptimal for officer inmate safety having to be there at Astry. Um, just looking at it, I think you can look at it and how, how big it is and, 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 you know, those narrow stairwells and even the, the, the cell, I mean, I don't know how big the cells will be in the new, the new place. So we'll have to figure that up. The cells seem to feel pretty narrow. And the one thing that was really a sticking point for me is, I don't like that visitor center. Uh, if you're an attorney, you have to visit your client and you may have to talk about privileged information. I think that's, I, I don't think that's, I think it's a disservice uh, to that end. Um, and that's definitely something that would, I think should be addressed at some point. Uh, but yeah, do I think it should stay open? I, I mean, I still, if I have to pick, you know, I would, I think 
modernizing an, uh, an existing building like the ICE detention center that isn't being used is infinitely preferable um, for the reasons that we spelled out, for the reasons that Sheriff Rose's office had spelled out, you know, uh, centralizing uh, services, centralizing services and programs, centralizing operations, and maybe putting the inmates in a in a place that is, again, a bit less of the arcane, really, you know, in some cases, seemingly pretty dreary um, cell conditions at Ash Street. I, I think I think inmates and, and even perhaps correctional officers would stand to benefit at a newer facility. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. Good evening. You're live. Good evening, Marcus. How's it going? The, uh, the Ash Street jail is outdated. Yeah. You know, it's like you driving a Model T to work every day, you know, going to Boston. Yeah, it's not safe. You get in your Model <laughs> T and... You probably get there four hours. Yeah, uh, four hours later. Yeah, it's it's time to move on. I I agree. I agree. I mean, I, speaking of the Model T example, I used I used to drive an ice cream truck, and that ice cream truck was built in the seventies. And uh, if I'd gotten into even a minor car accident, I would have been seriously injured or dead. You know, it's yeah. it's just not it's just not built for it's not built optimally right. for inmate or officer you can safety. Convert it to you know museum, you know, like the Willing Museum. Yeah. But have the Ash Street Jail Museum. Yeah. But as far as functionality, you're you're right. It's outdated. It's uh, you know it's overlived. Should I say it's been overused? Mm-hmm. Way past its time. Yeah, there and, were, there uh, were calls in the '80s to close it. You know, 40 years right. ago. So. And uh, the other thing is, Marcus. I know you like to read, right, Marcus? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's two books that are very good reads, and the first one is uh, the title of the book is. Uh, Crisis of Command, okay. and it's by uh, Stuart Scheller. I'll spell his name, S-T-U-A-R-T is the first name, yeah. Scheller. I think I've heard of that book. S-H-E, S-H, uh, sorry, S-C-H-E-L-L-E-R. Sure. Now, uh, he's a former Marine uh, who was court-martialed for publicly criticizing the U.S. withdrawal of from Afghanistan and uh and he argues that American generals and politicians are leading uh, the country astray, but that's um, a good read. The okay. other one is a, it's a different book, and you might inter- this might interest you, Marcus. Uh, the title of the book is "The Neuroscience of You," and it's by Chantel Pratt. I'll spell her name C H A N T E L, last name Pratt P A. RT, she's a PhD. She's also a professor at the University of Washington, Seattle. Okay. And she did the, the, the science of neuroscience and how your behavior and your environment, and uh, she goes into very, very detailed depth. And yeah. these are two books that would probably interest you. They're very good reads. Sure. Thank you. All right, Marcus. You have a good night. You as well. Thanks. 508 996 is how you get in the program. So, yeah, I mean, after touring the facility, just briefly, I, I want to get a better look at the whole thing, and I will um, at some point in the future. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, Jen, um, so someone saying attorneys visit in a separate part of the facility where they have a one-on-one visit with their client. That would definitely be better. When I talked to John Darling, he said that's where attorneys visit. For some reason, during the course of my criminal law practice, I didn't have a single client that was held at Ashtree at a time when I was visiting them. So if I had a client that was held on bail or held as a danger or for whatever reason was being held and then 
maybe committed a crime at the House of Correction, was then sent back there. If I if I had a client that was, they were always in Dartmouth and they may have gone to Ash Street later or before the, the court proceeding or whatever, I've never been in a situation where I actually had to visit it. Um, uh, so if that is the case, Jen, from New Bedford, if there's a separate part of the facility where they have a one-on-one visit with their client, I would say that'd be infinitely preferable. I will say when I had shared the story about Ash Street closing, a few of my colleagues in the legal field um, one of them very emphatically told me how happy they were that that place was closing, um, that they didn't really like it, uh, that they said it was a nightmare. Um, and I, I'd heard from other people, too, that said, uh, you know, and I'd heard that throughout the course of my practice, that it was a it was not a great place to be. It's not Hero's right. It's not the, you know, people there was the. There was the recounting of excrement on the walls and all of that. Some of that has been dramatized, but that doesn't mean, again, I think it's a suboptimal place for for um, inmate habitation. So that that would be my that would be my one hang up with it. But in terms of like, it's not the worst place in the world, you know, it's not the worst place in the world. So. Like if it had to continue, if if Hero didn't get the funding, I think he'd be perfectly content in continuing that. But I still think a modernized, a modernized facility would be preferable. And I he had a member of the media had asked Hero if he was planning on, you know, what he was going to do with the staffing that was at Ash Street. Would would there be layoffs? He said absolutely not. He actually needs more staffing at the Dartmouth facility. And so relocating would centralize everything and he could bring all those, uh, all those corrections officers and staffing over there. So I thought that was an important part too, that he wasn't going to um, alleviate any of the staff. He was going to bring them all there and it would actually fulfill a need that he has uh, that the sheriff's office has, which is bringing more staffing centralized in Dartmouth. So this seems like a logical outcome to the ongoing debate on whether or not Ash Street should be maintained. Again, I again I didn't think it was the worst place in the world, but it seems still to me, just on a just at a cursory glance, and I could get better explanation probably from people that are there. We'll do a deeper dive into this because this will be an ongoing conversation. We'll do a deeper dive into this just at a cursory glance. I think they could it's it's not a you know it doesn't seem to me like a to be like a you know uh, a tortured hellscape, but I think better can be done. Um, I think better facilities can be built, uh, and I think there is a reasonable proposal on the table for that to happen. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's take a break. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. If you're sh- you never know who will call in the South Coast tonight. But they want to hear from you most of all. Call 508-996-0500. Or use the WBSM app to send an app, chat, text message, or leave voicemail. Welcome back to South Coast Night. I'm Marcus. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I was calling about Ash Street, and uh, I know you say it's not the worst, but I think living there is a whole different thing than just walking through. I think you're right. Um, that's what I said. I, I'm, I'm just. I was just kind of casually there. It didn't seem right. like the worst place in the world. But would I want to live there? No. And I, I think I said that. You know. Well, I, but also going through. So I, I mean, I've never been inside, 
But as a member of Bristol County for Correctional Justice, I have looked at letters of people who have been inside, who wrote to us from inside. So you have things like that you would never think. So there's a lot of vermin, mice, uh, different creatures in there. And they piss on the, sorry for that, uh, on the the, uh, heating pipes. Sure. And then they turn on the on the heat, and all this horrendous stink is throughout the building. And then at the same, when they turn on the heat, there's a clang, 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 because the heater, I mean, it must be so old, you know, and non-functional, right? Yeah. And then, uh, then like all the all the rats and the mice and everything that's in there, spiders that bite people and you know are all infested. And how about when the pipes broke and um, Raw storage came into the people's cells. Right. Yeah. No. I like. I like. I said. Uh, you know, there was. You know, it's not a play. I think there could be a. a I, like I said, I think there could be better com- accommodations for for inmates for sure. Um. You know, just at a cursory glance, I was only there for about a half hour anyway. Just at a cursory glance, it, it didn't meet the the You know, a lot of the 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 horror stories that you and your organization, I think had highlighted pretty well from getting inmate accounts. And I know you've, you know, you and I, you and I have spoken about people that I've, you know, represented there at Ashtree and, and right. And I, and I, and and that we're trying to get out in the throes of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it probably wasn't suitable for, for that type of, um, you know, for that type of pandemic either. So like, yeah, if you had a sheriff who cared, then it would have been okay. But this guy didn't even issue masks (laughs) to people. So, but that's another, that's history. But also, like you said, the food comes in cold mm-hmm. from Dartmouth. And, you know, and from what I understand, the toilets are leaking methane. Oh, okay. So, well, um, I wish there would be a uh, fire inspection of that place and a mold inspection because, um, you know, what if that's, I mean, it's a whole wooden structure. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe uh, the new sheriff will, or, will ask the fire department to come in and and do some kind of assessment because that could really go up in flames and badly if if something happened, you know? Yeah, that would certainly, yeah. I I think, like I said, I don't think it's an optimal place for for inmate or or officer safety or the people that are there. I don't think it's an optimal place for safety for sure. And again, I, I think there could be a lot could be done you know, much better accommodations could be made. And I think the, the ice detention facility seems like, you know, making a modernized, uh, correctional facility i think is something you know something that hero campaigned on he said i'm going i want to run a modernized you know i want to run a modern correction system so um yeah (laughs) no i uh, i definitely support it for sure and the one thing that ashley has going for it but um in his proposal he's addressing is the individual cells right you know and so if he can replicate that in the in the ice facility then you know that that should do it i mean yeah you can't, it's like, it's like, you just can't expect people who are in there for anywhere from six months to two and a half years mm-hmm. to feel anything but disgust having been there. I mean, disgusting. Yeah, and I and think. you got a lot of people in there who haven't even been convicted of anything. They're all pre-trial, most of them are pre-trial. Overwhelming majority of people, especially at Astrid are held, haven't been convicted of the thing they're being held for. That's, um, that's, that's definitely true. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I, this is probably going to take some time. And by the way, Marlene, I, I hold the position that everybody should have an individual cell, no matter where they are. Honestly, yeah, I think yeah, better no, ac- accommodations could I be agree. made in the correctional system more broadly. But um, if, I, th- I agree with you 100%. Marlene, I got to take this break, but I appreciate you calling in. You're very welcome. Thank Thanks. you. 
If you want to hear everything. Yes, 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Uh, we were talking about, uh, I got a brief look at the Ash Street Jail today and the uh, ICE detention facility and Hero's proposal. We're going to talk more about that as the program goes on. Chris Markey is going to call in probably around the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, he's at the meeting for the, um, you know, uh, opposing the, the Title V septic regulations that are being proposed by DEP. Senator Montigny filed some legislation to combat that. Uh, and he's also going to talk about his his thoughts on the proposal uh, for Hero to close the Ash Street Jail. Everybody that I talked to on the record has been supportive. Uh, every lawmaker that I've talked to, um, you know, I, like I talked to Pat Haddad and she said, you know, the expectation of people who were incarcerated uh, 130 years ago are starkly different from what's expected now. And I think, you know, moving on to you know more, more modernized facility, I think, is is logical. So, um if if he can get the funding for this, uh, I, I I think he will. I think at some point he will. 